Join us at the Alfred G. Packer Memorial Grill. Have a friend for lunch. I'm Joe Fulgham. Craigslist for cannibals. Does it exist? Hook up and chow down. I'm Kevin Leeson. Long Pig, the other other white meat. I'm Torn Atkinson. All these stories and so much more on today's Caustic Soda. Once again, talking about eating people on Caustic Soda, the podcast. I like how you start with once again. We haven't, <laughs> done, haven't yet talked well, about Well, once again, people. we're back. Oh, once and again, we're, we're talking about eating people. Cannibalism. I can't not talk about eating people. Super quick follow-up from the Parasites episode. We didn't talk about uh, the episode Parasites Lost on Futurama. You guys uh, remember that one? I, I, yeah, I can't say that I've seen a whole heck of a lot of Futurama. Fry eats a sandwich... An, old, an extremely a truck, stop, truck stop sandwich. Yeah, for an extremely old egg salad sandwich from a vending machine in a restroom. In the restroom, the vending machine is. Uh, and he gets this colony of worms that are living in his stomach. In an accident that happens later on, in the, shortly thereafter in the episode, he gets like a pipe through his midriff or whatever, and they take it out, and it immediately heals. Yeah. So they have to figure out what's kind of kind of these are kind of parasites. They're living on and in the creature, but they're not. They don't have a deleterious effect. They have like a superhuman. Right. They're effect. trying they're to like, keep him alive. Yeah, keep him alive. They're restitching him and rebuilding yeah. him if he ever gets damaged. Yeah. Right. So then the rest of the crew miniaturizes and goes inside because they. I'm not sure why they don't want him to have him as a super. I'm sure, there's a reason. Because that they parasites want. are gross. Okay. <laughs> they, don't, they don't understand that they're and they don't understand that they're even up in his brain, massaging his neurons and clearing. Yeah, out all the, making all the him stuff smarter and so everything. He's super smart. Yeah. yeah. Have Have you already? forgotten that the theme of the parasite episode was ew. Ew. Uh, our pinup for the cannibalism episode is uh, Saturn eating his children. Saturn devouring his children. By Goya. By it? Goya, yeah. Mm. It's a fantastic, fantastic painting. Especially very, like butt. Very gothic and horrifying. Yeah. It, it comes from the ancient myth of the Titan who, uh, I think, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think he, uh, Saturn, hears there's a prophecy that one of his kids is going to kill yes. him. Yeah. So he eats all his children. Saturn is the uh, the Roman version of Zeus? Yeah. Uh, uh, Zeus no, that's Zeus, Zeus is, is Jupiter. Ju- Zeus and yeah. Jupiter are the same. Uh, Zeus and Saturn Jupiter are the same. Saturn. Saturn. Yeah. Bill. It's uh, Zeus Freddy. kills, uh, like, Jupiter would kill Saturn. Like, uh, Saturn is eating all his children until Jupiter puts an end to it. Oh. And uh, and that's how the modern, yeah. probably the Cronus. wrong term. Cronus. Cronus. There you go. Saturn and Cronus are the same person. But, yeah, it's Jupiter, and that's why he becomes the leader of all the other gods, because he's the one who finally puts an end to this reign of terror. Okay. Uh, that was painted during his period uh, after the Civil War, where uh, he started to go a little crazy because of what he'd seen in the Civil War. It is like a pretty that. crazy painting. I'm going to read this uh, short description of how uh, the human flesh tastes it was good like fully developed veal not young but not yet beef it was so nearly like good fully developed veal that i think no person with the palate of ordinary normal sensitiveness could distinguish it from veal it was mild good meat with no other sharply defined or highly characteristic taste such as for instance goat or high game and pork have the steak was slightly tougher than prime veal a little stringy the roast from which I cut and ate a central slice was tender, and in color, texture, smell, as well as taste, strengthened my certainty that of all the meats we habitually know, veal is the one meat to which this meat is accurately comparable. Uh, and who wrote such a such a, a, a detailed account of human flesh? <laughs> that was New York Times reporter William Bueller Seabrook in 1931. Wow. Bueller. He, uh, for, uh, in the allegedly, in the interest of research... 
he obtained from a hospital intern uh, some human meat from the body of a healthy human killed by accident. And he cooked it, and he ate it, and he wrote about it. Very soon to be made into major motion picture, William Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, morgue to morgue. The word origin, interesting enough, comes from uh, Christopher Columbus's verbal mispronunciation of the Caribbeans. They call themselves Caribs. Yes. He called them Canibs. And he thought they, they were... The they, being, they dined on human flesh regularly. Yeah, that's, they that's would what be, he thought. Thus they would be cannibals. And so he became... So that's how the word came. Uh, but interesting, Carib the, is the indigenous people's name for themselves said to mean brave ones or strong men. As opposed to eaters of human flesh. Yeah. Now, you know about Shakespeare, Joe? Uh, yeah, I've performed... What do you know bit. about Caliban in The Tempest? Yeah, he's like the servant of, uh, I can't remember the main character's name but now, but yeah, the, the servant of the mage who is... Uh, but he doesn't eat absolutely. human flesh or anything like that. Is he like is a deviant Prospero? or anything not, like that? Not that I've... Is it Prospero? Uh, yeah, he's Prospero's servant. Oh, okay. Because uh, Caliban he's, he's is kind a... of like the base, slowly, but there's no, there's no talk about eating oh, okay. human flesh. In I, I just asked because I know that Caliban is like uh, uh, a version of the word. Uh, in Shakespeare, there is some cannibalism in Titus Andronicus. Yes. Titus Andronicus, Titus, Andronicus. Titus, Titus kills the evil queen's two sons and feeds them to her in a pie. Oh, delicious. Without her knowing. Without her knowing. So she eats her own sons at the dinner table. And that's where the turn of phrase a pound of flesh came from, isn't it? When uh, he, no, chops of off his, he chops off his own hand, right? No, a pound of flesh is from, uh, is from the Merchant of Venice. Ah, mercy me, I'm getting my Shakespeare mix. <laughs> oh, no, no, Kevin. Uh, long pig. I love that term, long pig. And what does it refer to? That's what's uh, in the Marquee, uh, Marquesas Islands of Polynesia. Uh, that's what they called human flesh. The Polynesians themselves? Yeah, long pig. Long pig. Oh, yeah. okay. Have you not heard of this before? I, I have, but I don't understand. I'm trying to think of the etymology of the word. I don't know either, but well, long pig. I have I heard like that, it. you know, when they, uh, whenever they do crash tests or whatever, that pig flesh is uh, most similar to humans as far as, uh, like, w- wounds and stuff like that. Like, whenever you see that, uh, that show on Spike TV... The deadliest warrior, and they go to like chop something up and see oh, how right. how much damage a sword would do to a human body. They seem they always seem to use uh, pig carcasses. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. So they're, they're very similar in exactly. texture. They're, they're pink and relatively hairless, like us. And yeah, but we're longer than pigs. But I guess we're longer. I guess if we laid down, <laughs> according to Polynesians, pig, they'd be longer <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they'd be rounder. The Polynesian pig. The phobia of being eaten is phagophobia. Phagophobia. You have the fear of being eaten? Yeah. <laughs> well, a reasonable one. <laughs> I think I think the fear of being killed would pre uh, precursor the fear of being eaten. Uh, or not necessarily. Not. We'll find more about that yeah. <laughs> in oh, World War II section. You I'm not looking to die to be eaten. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that section at all. Do you guys know the difference between endocannibalism and exocannibalism? Uh, one is the eater and one is the et. No, wrong. There are some cultures that eat their own tribe mates. Uh, right, and then that's kind of like a reverence and to gain their powers and stuff like right. that. Cultures it's, it's that like eat an other, honor. It's a, they're yeah. honoring yeah, their ancestors by yeah. eating them. That sort of a thing. Exocannibalism is eating other tribes as kind of the opposite. To steal their powers, right? To uh, Or to, just to scare them also. Oh, Because, yeah. yeah, you know, if you're known as the, as the tribe of cannibals, then, you know. Yeah, a little psychological warfare. Exactly. Yeah. Knowing that if I lost, I would be eaten. I, you know what? The thing is, that might have the opposite effect. It might, I might be extra motivated to win the war. Knowing that if I lose, I'm going to get eaten. Maybe I maybe I maybe I paddle a little bit harder. Yeah, I sure. fire the bow a little bit farther. I throw the javelin a little bit straighter. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, do we know about mad human disease? Should we talk about Kurtzfeld that? Kurtzfeld-Jakob disease. Kuru, 
oh. is is the specific disease. Maybe maybe it's also known as whatever you just said. Yes, Kreutzfeldt <laughs> Kreutzfeld Jakob disease came from Papua New Guinea. Uh, the residents of the uh, the Foray tribe who ate the brains of their deceased relatives, and they got that basically the human version of mad cow disease. What is it? Prion? You're talking about the prions, Joe? Uh, yeah, it's a prion. It's an odd kind of disease in that it's not a parasite or any kind of uh, like little living organism that gets in and reproduces. Apparently it's a malformed protein, uh, which then, uh, I don't know the, the exact mechanism, but it, if it gets into you and into a certain part of your body where you've got similar proteins, will cause those proteins to also become malformed and cause this uh, misbehavior of your of your bodily functions, which is the disease. But what happens to you? And then you, you, well, you just degenerate, your brain degenerates, and you basically go... Insane. Yeah, more or less. Oh, crazy. You don't know sure there's that. other things yeah. that happen Dementia, well. memory loss, personality changes, hallucinations. Yeah. Oh, hallucinations. hallucinations. Balance and coordination, dysfunction. Uh, yeah, it, it's it, mad just, people you, disease. You go, it, it exactly. Is. It's, wow. It is, it is. It is mad cow disease for humans. Although it's not the same thing. Interesting enough. Huh? Yeah. So, so these this tribe was doing that. They they all started to get this disease because they were eating their one infected you know relative <laughs> who yeah, had and, this and then, already, and then, and then, then they, they all would... become infected. And yeah. yeah. They die, and their yeah. relatives eat them, and so on and so on. So, but interesting. Here's an interesting fact. Michael Alper's lifelong investigator of the Kura disease found genes that protect against similar prion diseases were widespread around the world, indicating that such endocannibalism was once common around the world. Highly surprising. You know, I mean, you've got a hunter-gatherer yeah. society. What's easier than just some guy who croaks next door? It's true. Right. You don't, you, that's less hunting, more gathering. <laughs> <laughs> the gathering it's, it's, of the It's corpse. like the American natives, you know, using every piece of the buffalo. You want to use every piece of your tribe. Yeah, absolutely. You, I, don't, I don't know if you'd necessarily go out and kill people to eat them, but hey, if the guy's dead. It's free really? meat. Well, absolutely. So free I guess now we meat. talk about uh, cannibalism in history. Uh, I just want to mention briefly, uh, we all know about the Black Widow and the uh, and the Mantis thing. While they're mating, they, the will, mantis. they will chop off the, the, the female will eat the Mantis's or spider's head and work its way down while the mating is still happening yeah. down, down at the other end. Yeah, so cannibalism in nature. Yeah. Fun. Well, we're nature. We just live in big concrete hives. <laughs> I, I guess I will point out that uh, evolutionarily speaking, uh, the advantages, I know for the redback spider, they actually mate twice while they're being eaten whereas if, if that was not the case they wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily get that double right and it also has to do with uh, <clears throat> right in there a sperm plug which uh sperm he leaves plug? behind <laughs> he leaves behind in the sexual organ of the female blocking uh, access to her from, from other males other. Oh. and only by the extra time of being eaten is he able to leave the sperm ah oh, yes there you go so, wow so, science so so less a head plus a sperm plug um, right but you get to have lots and lots of babies and that's what uh, that's what evolution is all about evolution success is about not in my book cannibalism in history should we start with the ancient aztecs Fair. it's a long time ago they uh certainly had their rituals uh, of sacrifice and uh and cannibalism uh, practice in an effort to create a universal balance is the idea that they had between the world and the cosmos. Yeah, they believed that sacrificing humans, either from their own culture or from an outside culture, would appease the gods. And if they failed to do so, you know, it would mark the destruction of... of well, it's definitely a closed circle, right? You know, you're born, you're, you live, you're eaten. And you're pooped out. And you're pooped out. It's a cycle of life. <laughs> and that poop is put on plants which other people then eat wow that uh, kind of a tangent that we don't need to explore uh it was sort of around the same time frame you had the easter islanders yeah tell me about that 
Uh, I read once, and uh, I don't know all the exact details, much like most of the stories I tell on this podcast. Yeah. The, uh, the Easter Islanders uh, you know, had a very tight ecosystem because it was such a small population. It was yeah. such a small island. And when they had finally logged their last tree because they were cutting down the trees to make rafts, at a uh, much quicker rate than they could regrow the trees. I thought they were that. using the trees to make those giant heads. No, oh, no those are stone those heads. Those are stone, stone heads. heads. Pardon me. Yeah, those are stone what heads. What was I thinking? To, to, make, uh, to make boats to go fishing and whatnot. And as right. soon as they ran out of trees, yeah. they could no longer make boats, which means they, they couldn't go out and get their chief food source, which was fish. And then they were out of boats, and so they couldn't actually escape the island so they slowly but surely ran out of food, right. and they starved to death, but not before a very brief bout of cannibalism to try and stave off mm-hmm. the inevitable mm-hmm. starving to death. Yeah, it's that's, a- and that's what wiped out the society on Easter Island. The cannibalism was kind of like a r- result. A symptom. Yeah. A symptom of the larger <laughs> disease, which was well, trapped that- on a very small island with no food. Well, that was, uh, that's survival cannibalism, which is, which is a whole different category. Not the ecto or the endo can- Correct. Ex- ex- right. Correct. Sorry, ecto. Correct. Ecto cannibalism would be eating a human ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with the exo cannibalism. <laughs> okay. Mummy powder. Have you guys heard of mummy powder? <laughs> is that that's when you go into like an old tomb and it like kills you or it infects your lungs <laughs> or something, right? It's like it sounds like something you'd get in D and D. That's right. Yeah, you throw mummy powder <laughs> in a guy's you, face. You, and need, he... you need a pinch of mummy powder in order to cast uh, raised dead. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But in the Middle Ages, uh, many people thought that mummies had a medicinal value. There was a there was a doctor who wrote that a bitumen could be taken internally or or externally for uh, you know a cure all. One of these quack things. A little snake cures, oil cures anything. Yeah, snake exactly. oil right next on the shelf next to mummy powder. But the doctor noted that if getting bitumen is a problem, corpses may be substituted. So this took off. They like ground up corpses. By the 12th century, mummy powder was prescribed for wounds and bruises. Thousands of Egyptian mummies preserved in bitumen were ground up and sold as medicine. And by the 1500s, uh, when the supply of mummies began to ran, run short, then they just use the bodies of executed criminals and deceased hospital patients. And just grind up their bones. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, here's a little, uh, here's what ails you. Have a, have a little <laughs> mummy powder pill. Wow. Well, it's like with the, the curse of, uh, of the mummy tombs as well. Like when all these explorers would go into these tombs and then, you know, six months later, 90% of that team had died. They're now starting to think that because these tombs were closed for thousands of years, and yeah. all these like microbes and whatever just bred in there and it stayed contained. They'd go into that very contained location and they'd breathe it in, and that would oh. be one of the major contributing factors to these guys croaking like a couple months later like, oh. from respiratory disease. I didn't know about that. that. Yeah, because like uh, especially in Egypt, they always they left like food sacrifices and other bodies and all the rest of that stuff, and it created this very toxic air. So it was uh, dangerous to go inside these things once freshly cracked without really? letting them air out for a little while. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing about mummy powder is that later on, uh, basically this guy, Guy de La Fontaine, was looking at the stock of okay. one of these mummy merchants. Guy de La Fontaine was not a mummy merchant. No. He was an, an investigator. Possibly Guy de La Fontaine, if we want to. Guy de La Fontaine. <laughs> uh, so he found that uh, they weren't really mummies. They were just bodies of slaves. Who were had terrible diseases, and it was at that point that the mummy trade started to wane, and <laughs> there weren't mummy powder. Yeah, mummy powder kind of went out, lost its uh, its its, its, its chic. appeal. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> exactly. Diseased slaves, not yeah. quite as appealing as ancient Egyptian mummies. Yeah, in bitumen. Uh, I, I did, of course, the big famous one, the one that leaps to mind, the Donner Party. Yeah. We'd be remiss to have a cannibalism episode Absolutely. without the Donner Party. I mostly know about the Donner Party because Robin Williams would always make that joke. 
It was one of his go-tos. Donner Party, table, table 12. Uh, 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 first time he did it, I went, ha, 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 ha what's I, that? Uh, yeah, so these are some American pioneers who set up for California in a wagon train. Got trapped in the mountains because they, uh, they were told that there was a shortcut. Right. They, were taking, they were taking far longer to, yeah. uh, to, to make the trip as they expected. So they were got promised. Trapped in the, got trapped in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Yeah. So yeah. Lots of snow and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and they got trapped up there because of the snowfall and whatnot, and they didn't have nearly enough supplies and ended up having uh, to eat each other. Uh, th- though I heard that there was a sort of an unwritten rule that you had to wait for somebody to perish. Yeah, yeah, I heard that too. Before you would actually eat them. And so. they, there was other rules as well. Yeah, um, they had a handful of uh, sort you of You don't eat your own relatives. Yes. They yeah. wrote it on a stone tablet. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I bring you the three, the five com- the three well, commandments of cannibalism. Okay. And then and then there was, a, there was a situation like right at the very end where somebody had left to go get help. And they left like eight survivors, maybe even less, like five survivors were left behind. And they went to get help and they returned with help. And only one guy remained. Oh, yeah. One and really fat yeah, one one really super fat, fat guy, guy remained. Want some soup? <laughs> and the, the, although never proven, and I don't think he was prosecuted or anything like that, but there was a, a heavy suspicion that he yeah. hadn't waited for people to perish yeah, before exactly. he had exactly. taken advantage of their meat. While we're mentioning soup, I wanted to mention blanket soup, which is their last resort before they resorted to cannibalism. Basically taking all their blankets and whatever else they had, boiling it together, trying to make Any some kind of, kind of fiber, <laughs> fibrous, <laughs> some kind of nutriment. Yeah, oh, nutriment again. You're going, <laughs> going back to the nutriment. I like that. And I picked uh, it up a little after the Donner Party. Uh, the the tale of Alfred Packer. Yeah, who's this who, guy? Uh, Alfred Packer. Uh, he was a prospector. And uh, he and a group of uh, other people were, uh, they left uh, Utah to head to Colorado because they heard about uh, the big gold strike down there. For some reason, they left in November, which meant going Probably through a, the mountains. Yeah, an ill-timed I think uh, even then, venture. people thought it was a bad idea. They're like, you're going to go through the Rocky Mountains in November on foot. Are you out of your Wasn't mind? Wasn't there like a Indian tribe the, chief who said, don't do that? And he said, screw you, I'm going? I believe you're right. You're uh, some ignorant uh, savage. Oh, here it is. Chief Ure, known as the White man's That's friend right. oh known as the white man's friend and yet he, friend. he ignored he his spurned advice. spurned the white man's friend <laughs> wow again uh, right. he said wait till spring because this is going to be a dangerous winter and it indeed was. it was indeed it was well <laughs> how does uh, how does cannibalism factor in they well uh as chief ure predicted they got hopelessly lost and became snowbound uh in the rocky mountains uh ran out of provisions this is a familiar refrain the story gets a little muddled here because packer's the only one who survived he has talked about uh, in several different ways about what happened right he had he signed three different uh, confessions three different and they're confessions. all different yeah <laughs> he's also insisted that he didn't do it right um and that he confessed only under duress and things like that but it certainly was that uh, somebody was eating people there uh, he claims that he left to try and scavenge up some food uh, and go scouting and came back and a guy named Bell was uh, roasting human flesh uh, oh, over the fire story. when he came back. And then Bell rushed him with a uh, hatchet and Packard, Packard uh, defended himself. Him, defended himself. He yeah. said that Bell had gone mad and killed everybody else and uh, was then eating them. Well, that's possible. Uh, absolutely possible. Possible. Uh, how, many, now, you know. how many people were we talking about? He left with a party of 21. I don't know how many ended up being trapped in the mountains with them. They don't go into that. I'm, it could be all of them, which would mean that... Bell would kill 20, you know way that, killed you know 19 way, other people. You know what the way to check to see if he's telling the truth or not is a little long pig. <laughs> Two plates. One has regular pig. One has long pig. Oh, like a little Pepsi taste test. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little which one is pork and which one is human. If you know the difference, you're guilty. 
Or even if you prefer one to the other. <laughs> yeah. Then you, yeah, you just have to gauge his reaction to the uh, – <laughs> so anyway, if he, if he mm-mm's a little too long over one plate, <laughs> right he goes back for seconds on the long of pig. the long pig. Something familiar about this. <laughs> okay, so it says here – it wasn't the entire 21 that got trapped up there. I guess it, probably the, the majority of them listened to uh, Chief Ure and didn't go and because it says that uh, after, well, was white man's after the incident, uh, he, was, he was in Colorado and uh, met a bunch of his previous party in the saloon. And apparently they went, uh, so uh, where's everybody else? And he was like, oh, um, Bell went crazy and was eating them, so I had to shoot him. And I'm the only one who survived. And, and everyone rolled their eyes at him. And they did not believe him, and uh, he got brought up on charges and found guilty. Well, um, I mean, you just look at a picture of him, you can... Now, was he guilty of murder or guilty of... Yeah, he's got Was he crazy. guilty of murder or guilty of cannibalism? Guilty of cannibalism. Uh, I didn't even know that was a crime. It should, sure if it, it is. isn't. <laughs> if it isn't, it should be. I'll look into the legalities of that present day for you. Uh, well, he... It's kind of like, isn't it kind of like prostitution? It's not the the act that is actually illegal. It's the solicitation, right? So maybe cannibalism. It's like the eating isn't a crime. It's the killing, the killing for the to, eating that's the, the crime. I don't know. I don't know. This is a gray area. This is a legal legal well, snafu. Speaking of the legal gray areas. A whole bunch of the reason he signed three confessions is because he was found guilty. He got jailed, but escaped. Right. And was free for seven cannibal years. on the loose. Cannibal on the loose. <laughs> There's no no news that he decided to just go out killing more people. I mean, this seemed, right. even if it did happen, it seemed like he was like, holy crap, I'm trapped in the mountains. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah. He's some, not like a serial killer people. crazy guy. No, he's he just, looks like one, though, yeah, when you look at that look picture like of him. But uh, they, they caught him again, and uh, he signed another confession, and then they found him guilty of manslaughter and sentenced him to death. But uh, then that got reversed because of uh, ex post facto, which I believe means Colorado wasn't legally allowed to charge him at the time it happened or something like that. I thought ex post facto um, then, had to do with informative mail. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, then later on, he was sentenced to 40 years uh, in jail at another trial. So they just kept trying the guy oh. over and over again. Poor Packer. Um, and at the time, that was the longest custodial service in U.S. history. We touched briefly in your little diatribe there of the fact that Packer was not a serial killer. The 20th century seems to have uh, we've unearthed a number of serial killers more than turned, its fair share? Turned cannibals. I, it seems. I mean, maybe there were serial killer cannibals in other centuries that we just didn't it's know about. It's not documented so much. Uh, one that comes off the top of my mind is uh, early, early in the 20th century, this Albert Fish guy. Yes. He's also known as the Gray Man, the Werewolf of Wisteria, the Brooklyn Vampire, and the Boogeyman. Yeah, he was like a, uh, a child abductor slash yeah. rapist slash yeah. killer slash eater. eater. Yeah. Not a real sympathetic character. Now, he boasted that the figure uh, was around 100 victims. Yeah, after he was caught. Not sure how many of those were. Eaten, you know, the, the creepiest part about this story that I seem to recall is once he was caught, didn't he start writing letters to the parents of his young victims oh, yeah? to boast of, of uh, He seemed to be a boastful his, fellow. He was a boastful fellow. Maybe he wrote a letter. That's how they caught him. He wrote a letter to one of his victim's parents describing how he ate their child. And then that Charming. was what led to his capture. Wow. Something like that. But he was writing letters to the parents of his young victims. I know that for a fact. But he was caught and then uh, executed by the electric chair. Yeah, and uh, well, you know what? I mean, I don't know why I know so much about Albert Fish, but I seem to recall that once he was executed, they x-rayed his body, <laughs> and it turned out that one of his favorite things to do was to push pins and needles deep into his groin area. Right. And by the t- uh, you like can say some, genitals on this podcast. Some sort of, yeah, like testicles and, and like groin. Scrotum. Scrotum, testicles, groin. Uh, that whole area yeah. was littered with somewhere in the ballpark of 70 or 80 pins and needles by the time he was executed. 
that they were so deep, pushed so deeply in that that's, he couldn't retrieve them. That's sad because the guy's such a sicko. I'd be like, oh, that guy, he deserves pain. I, we should jab needles into his scrotum. But he was doing it already. <laughs> he took it to himself. You say that for everyone, though. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, when that I guy took, cut me off. That guy cut me off. He deserves needles in his scrotum. That's your curse. Yeah, so, you, that, I mean, uh, definitely one of those characters that you just you're glad he's no longer on this earth should we move on to world war ii oh. Joe, you've got some inf- interesting information about oh. uh, american pow's in uh, japanese internment camps i'm not looking yeah. Japanese, uh, uh, this I'm, is uh, really really bad stuff you know you're looking it up and it says uh, cannibalism in world war ii and i'm like oh some must have been some guys got trapped somewhere stranded and, stranded shipwrecked and, even and their buddies died and they need to eat them no uh oh it's far 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 worse the japanese would uh and not all of them but there are several examples of this actually uh japanese who were in charge of american pow's would eat the pow's and not just the ones who died they would actually pick one out of the hundreds take him away chop off his body parts while living so that the meat was fresh cook him and share the meat among all the men right and then throw his body into a pit to let it decompose the the rest of it and the other pow's would see this happen uh they would also do things such as to keep the meat fresh only cut off an arm and then send him back alive and then eat the arm and then they would bring him back and take another limb and then send him so like they'd boxing helena him yes what does that Uh, mean uh, the movie Boxing Helena. I mean, uh, it's a really bad arty movie. It's a it, it's a movie from the uh, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. This uh, this guy kidnaps this young lady, and in order to keep her from, she keeps trying to escape, and so every time she tries to escape, he takes off one of her limbs to oh, inhibit okay. her ability to get uh, away. I see. And she slowly but surely falls in love with him. <laughs> oh, no! Or does she? <laughs> okay. That's the twist. That's the twist. I know uh, that terrible movie. I hated oh, okay. it. I heard about how amazing and brilliant it was. It was stupid. We should maybe save that. Well, he, but he didn't eat those limbs, so it's not really a problem. No, no, yeah, no. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I was reading about this, too, as well, Joe, and uh, there's this book called Flyboys, A True Story of Courage right. uh, by James Bradley, who and he talked about how... Um, he witnessed. There were several instances that he witnessed of Allied prisoners being eaten by their their Japanese captors. Yeah, over the course of several days. Now we should point out that if you're part of one culture and you want to diss the other culture, just say they're cannibals. Right. 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 So I, you know, when I first read about this, I was thinking like, oh, this is just you know Americans propaganda you know, den- denigrating perhaps the, even the yeah. Japanese. But then I also saw this this uh, historian Yuki Tanaka. Had talked about this. Cannibalism was often a systematic activity conducted by whole squads and under the command of officers. In some cases, flesh was cut from living people. And an Indian POW, uh, later later a citizen of Pakistan, testified. These these are all at um, Australian war crimes and Tokyo tribunals and all these sorts of things. Um, so, the Japanese started selecting prisoners, and every day one prisoner was taken out and killed and eaten by the soldiers. I personally saw this happen, and about 100 prisoners were eaten at this place by the Japanese. Wow. Yeah, well, this, this so. was all investigated uh, in uh, Chichijima. It happened February 1945. Japanese soldiers killed and consumed five American airmen. And in 47, in a war crimes trial, 30 of the uh, Japanese soldiers were prosecuted, and five of them were found guilty and hanged. Right. So I, I, you can't chalk that up to just uh, propaganda. That's a proper judicial system. Yeah, they investigated. They found out. They had witnesses. I'm sure several of the uh, Japanese soldiers confessed I am, in order uh, to not get hanged. I am sorely tempted to make a sashimi joke here, oh. and I'm going to avoid it. I'm going, to, I'm going to defer to wait. Uh, which is which is which is sashimi? Sashimi is the uh, is the just giant piece of raw fish that you eat. Which uh, fish? 
it's, Any, instead of scribe oh, fish, okay. you can have because, tuna or salmon or salmon sashimi, tuna sashimi. Because that. there's uh, there's um, uh, another Japanese fellow who I don't remember, I don't know when this was, but he was at Sorbonne. The, the, Sorbonne. Oh, the Sorbonne, Sorbonne. the uh, the, the <laughs> world you. famous university in Paris. Yeah, yeah, and he was a student there. He invited a girl up to his apartment. He shot her in the back of the head. He ate her. He said it had no smell or taste, but melted in his mouth like raw tuna. Ah, of course, a Japanese fellow would have uh, sort of a cultural right. framework by which to judge that. And his other quote was, Finally, I was eating a beautiful white woman and thought nothing was so delicious. Ah, uh, well, at least he called her That's beautiful. That's Issei Sagawa. At least I he called the her same beautiful. thing, but I wasn't doing what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Any podcast about cannibalism would be remiss to not We don't want to be remiss. To not mention Jeffrey Dahmer, but... Give me a ten-word summary. Uh, a uh, serial killer who would uh, kidnap young men and murder them and uh, necrophiliac their bodies, and then but save their body parts for later consumption. I'm going to estimate that as 37 words. So I'm going to count that later. See how close my estimation was. Oh, oh very nice, very nice. Uh, uh, he was eventually caught because of the smell emanating from his apartment. Right. One of his victims actually escaped from him and right. ran down the street naked. Right. With a wound, a grievous wound to his body, and, and that's he how found, he got caught. No, he found police officers, yeah. and Dahmer had pursued, and he he told the officers that it was merely a domestic dispute between homosexual lovers. Uh. To which point in time, the officers returned the young man to Dahmer's apartment, what? and then walked away. And the man was subsequently murdered and oh, eaten by Dahmer. Bad form. And uh, he wasn't. He Dahmer wasn't caught to like another victim later. So there wow. were like two people died because of these officers. But. Uh, ignored this uh, this young man's pleas that he was uh, being victimized and by like, Dahmer. And did they because he said it was homosexual? Like, if this was a woman running down the street with blood, they Naked, wouldn't return bleeding. her to the, the husband who was... Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's obviously a uh, because it was deemed yeah. a homosexual affair that they decided wow. to step out of it. That's And that's, like, brilliant thinking on his part, you know? Yeah. And ballsy. Wow. No, he liked to eat brains. Definitely, it was brains <laughs> where I think one of the big things. He could get had a lot of in. had a lot of uh, like de-skinned skulls in his fridge when they caught him. Oh, and uh, so but you didn't want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about Dahmer. <laughs> I want to talk about somebody that I discovered that I didn't know anything about before I started researching for this podcast. A gentleman by the name of Armin. Myves is, I believe, how you pronounce it. He's a German national. You didn't know anything about that? I did not. I'd never heard about this guy before I started researching his podcast. Joe, have you heard about this I guy? I have not. I, I remember this being in the news. I remember it on the internet. This is just a couple years ago. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, like seven or eight years ago. Uh, he, oh, okay, more than a couple He years. actually posted an ad online. On Craigslist? No, this is pre-Craigslist. It was pre-Craigslist, but he posted an ad online. This on, is in Germany. Posted an ad online. So, der, de Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> He posted an ad online, and he advertised for a, uh, a young, fit man between the age of 18 to 30 who would like to be slaughtered and then consumed. Was how the lineup went down the hall. He had someone answer the ad, <laughs> and uh, this gentleman showed up at his, uh, at his apartment. Maivas turned on the video camera to mm-hmm. record all this. For posterity? For posterity. And uh, they, they decided together that their plan was, was that Maivas would uh, bite his penis off. Uh, and uh, and that's how he would consume it. Uh, he succeeded. Unfortunately, the flesh was too tough for him to rend. Uh, he only succeeded. Whoa. He only succeeded in bursting his two testicles. Okay. Uh, <laughs> at which point in time, the, again, the two of them. Welcome to caustic soda, everyone. Uh, the two of them decided that they would sever his penis with a knife, which they did. And then Maivas fed it to his victim. 
Uh, and the victim, due to lack of blood, yeah. did not have the strength any right. longer to eat his own penis. <laughs> Who would? So, uh, so Maivis cooked it up and fed it to his dog. Uh, and then he. Uh, and this is all recorded on tape. This is all on tape. Then Maivis took him into his bathroom, hung him in a shower, bled him dry, and then oh kept him for several days and ate him over a period of time. He didn't get caught, though, until he posted a second ad. Oh, looking for no. another voluntary victim. And he was reported uh, by somebody who came across this ad to the police. The police showed up, found uh, several packages of this man's bot, his former victim in his freezer, right. uh, and uncovered the videotape evidence. And, of course, yeah. Maivez's defense was that this gentleman volunteered, volunteered, so. volunteered yeah. to be eaten. So he was because he volunteered to be eaten, he was found not guilty of murder, but of manslaughter. Because he, when he uh, finished him off in the shower so he could eat the rest of him, that was manslaughter, not murder. And the prosecution appealed that sentence, and it was upgraded to murder, and now he's spending the rest of his life in jail. And from jail, <laughs> just, this is the best part. This is the capper. <laughs> no. This is the best part. From jail, Maivez has become a vegetarian. Oh, really? He's announced from jail that he will no longer eat flesh of any kind, okay. that he's reformed. I believe that. Uh, Is that not the most the craziest one of the craziest stories you've ever heard? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the the recent one I was going to bring up is uh, it just does not compare. Do you guys know about the rapper Big Lurch? No, I don't know anything about Big Lurch. Uh, Wasn't he like super high or something? <clears throat> yeah, he and his buddy were uh, smoking PCP. Yeah, which, uh, always a wise thing to do. <laughs> it just makes you well, insane. Come on. And, Who wouldn't uh, like to smoke a little PSP? Do you smoke PCP? Did you say you said smoke PSP there for a PSP. second? Who That's hasn't right. smoked their PSP? <laughs> That's the only thing it's good for. When I'm on my PSP, I'm smoking. He and this girl, uh, Tanisha Isias, uh, were smoking PCP. Sorry, he was smoking it with uh, with her boyfriend in the apartment. They found her in her apartment. Her chest had been torn open, and a three inch blade was found broken off in her shoulder blade. There were tooth marks found in her face and on her lungs. Uh, which had been torn from her chest. Eyewitnesses reported that when Singleton, uh, which is... Uh, Big, Big Lurch's Lurch, real name? Uh, ...was picked up by police, he was naked, covered in blood, standing in the middle of the street, and staring at the sky. A medical examination performed shortly after his capture found human flesh in his stomach, which was not his own. Uh. Caution. This content may not be suitable for all listeners. <laughs> That is the proverbial cat out of the bag. The horse has left the building. The cart is in the <laughs> barn. She tore her lungs out and started chewing on it. I can't imagine uh, what that would taste like. Or, I, or uh, texture of lungs. I've never eaten lungs of any kind before. I have never. I've eaten heart. I've eaten liver. I've eaten tongue. I've eaten tongue. Not, you know not human. None of this human. None of this <laughs> just, human. All just regular, beef. yeah. The only part of that problem I had with beef tongue, I always thought it could. it was like in danger of licking me back. Oh, Felt the like meal a, that eats you. Yeah, The exactly. meal that tastes you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just, uh, I found it very disturbing. We're going to listen to Dinner Music for a Pack of Hungry Cannibals by Raymond Scott, circa 
a very meaty episode of Caustic Soda. <laughs> we're going to get right down. We're going to strip this episode to the bone. News? In uh, Russia, this is very recent. Two goths. I've seen pictures of them on the internet. They're very goth and very ridiculous. <laughs> very One of them is wearing a huge, big skull kind of torso belt buckle thing. It's ridiculous. And he's he's got his face done up like a the Kiss member who never existed. Anyway, these two guys invited a couple of they had a party there was a couple of girls who came they drowned one of them in a bathtub cut her into pieces and uh cooked and ate some of her body parts with potatoes and they fed some of it to her friend that came with her that was sleeping at the time that she was murdered ah classic oh very titus andronicus again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh so anyway there uh this is happening pretty much right now with the with the trials the most recent news being that when they were describing all this happening, one of the jurors had to be excused. Because they were horrified. Yeah, and disgusted. yeah. Yeah, that would be... How do you bring this up? How do you... Like, okay, I can understand one guy loses his mind, right? Yeah, kill somebody. Like, I'm going to kill people and eat a They're goth. But they, yeah, but obviously <laughs> they hatched a, Obviously they hatched a plan, right? That they came right. up with... Who brings they, it up first is what I'm asking. Like, yeah. who's the guy... So, Bob... Wouldn't it be uh, cool to eat people? I was thinking... Remember uh, when we Sally talked there, about... Remember we had that episode that was on a podcast about cannibalism? Yeah. Should we try it? Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, I, I'm only, ha, 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 making yeah, exactly. a joke unless, unless you think I'm not. Yeah, wink, wink. Nudge, yeah. nudge. You're like, that would, wouldn't eating a person, that'd be funny, huh? Well, the awesome uh, thing is one of these guys was a, was a butcher. I mean, these, these guys are both 19, year old, 19 years old. Right. But one of them is a butcher and the other one's a florist. Oh. So right. watch out for florists, everyone. The greatest... Cannibal movies of all time. My vote is on Delicatessen. Tell me about that. It's been so long since I've seen it, I don't remember very much about it. It is the movie that put uh, Jean-Paul Jeunet on the map. He's known for? He's of Amelie fame. It's probably his biggest movie. Oh, I love that one. Uh, he also did Alien Resurrection. Right. Well, but he did City I, of Lost Children. City of Lost Children. Right. Exactly. City of Lost Children, in fact, was the movie he did immediately after Delicatessen. Delicatessen, the one with the pig on the poster? It is. Okay. In fact, indeed. It's a post-apocalyptic world where uh, where food is incredibly short. Right. Uh, and this and happens in a hotel. It happens in a uh, – well, there's a uh, – on the ground floor is a butcher shop and above it is apartments. Oh, okay. And all the local residents all buy their meat from the butcher on the ground floor. Okay. And he just uh, picks up runaways and hitchhikers and hobos and, and sure. slaughters them. And uh, and that's – sort of when you pay your room and board, that's the benefit is you actually get fresh meat. But well, you're saying it's a really people. good movie. Fantastic. How do you rate it? Ten out of ten. Wow. It is – it is a uh, one of the blackest comedies that you will ever encounter, wow. but it is utter genius. There's a uh, musical segment in the middle uh, wherein all the characters <laughs> are in different rooms and they're doing different things, but it's, they all do it to the same beat. Utter genius. And I don't know whether it was done in the shooting or in the editing room, but I'll tell you, it is a masterpiece. A cannibal masterpiece. Should we talk about Sweeney Todd? If we have to. Well, we can mention the fact that <laughs> he's a... I only bring this up in pop culture is because he's a fictional character. Right. But originally he was like uh, from a, a Penny Dreadful. Right. You guys know what Penny Dreadfuls are, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the old books. Before pulp books, there were Penny Dreadfuls. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So a, a serial entitled The String of Pearls, and that was in 1846. And then there was the musical, and then there were various adaptations, including the and There was an opera. There was a Sweeney Todd opera, I think, too. You don't say. Yeah, I think, Let me I tell think you, I've heard about that. Let me tell you what I hate about that, the recent Sweeney Todd. The Tim Burton the, Sweeney the Todd. The Tim Burton Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. I don't mind musicals where people break out into song and then actually sing songs. I like that, because I like music. What I hate is when you get musicals where people just sing their lines, 
we're sitting here talking about something, <laughs> but we're singing it. Right. I'm going to kill some people and eat them. Uh, just say your line. There's right. no point in singing it. You're not doing a song. I have to concur. I got to agree with Joe on that one. That's exactly what drove me nuts about that, nuts about that movie. But Sasha Cohen was good. Sasha Cohen was very oh, good. There in were fact, certainly good parts. I thought all the, the performances were, all, were fine. I yeah. mean, I'm a big Johnny Depp fan. I'm a big Helena Bonham Carter fan. Like, I don't think they can do any wrong as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Sasha Cohen was a great bit player. But yeah, I, I agree with Joe. The thing that drove me nuts about that movie was the, uh, the singing instead of talking. Okay, going from, uh, well, I'm going to skip over Sweeney Todd, but going from what you say is a great cannibal movie, we'll go to probably one of the goofiest, which is uh, Cannibal the Musical. I watched that recently. I know, I made you watch that. <laughs> Wasn't it fun? It was pretty fun, actually. It's... It was better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, wow, that's great. Because I was watching it and kind of, you know how you watch a movie that you really have these fond feelings for? Yeah. And you're watching with a friend who's never seen it before, and you're always like, oh, boy, he's not laughing a lot. I, oh, maybe I'm wrong to like this movie so much. <laughs> Um, but you can't really go into Cannibal Musical thinking it's going to be all that good. Like it's no, I mean it was it wasn't a student film. It, actually, I, I looked this up. It started off as a student film. That little bit at the beginning, the black and white part with the crazed tack, that was actually oh, a student okay. film. And then they decided let's expand on that and turn it into a okay. comedy musical. Um, so there's and, like a five minute thing before the credits that is yeah the and, and student then they, film they and then they did it properly. Like only Seventy thousand dollars to film the rest of it. And the and the guy uses his Cartman voice throughout the entire episode. <laughs> Uh, Tra- uh, Trey Parker. Trey Parker. Yeah, it's it's the South Park guys. Trey Parker, Matt Stone, uh, written and directed by and starring Trey Parker, and uh, it's released by Troma, famous for uh, the Toxic Avenger movie. Toxic Avenger. Uh, they were were they involved in Killer Tomatoes? They, they certainly serve Nazis must die. But uh, anyway, Cannibal the Musical is is literally a musical comedy about the Alfred Packer story about getting caught in the mountains and uh, having to Yeah, the songs are kind of hit and miss, but there's some good ones. Right, there are a few good ones. And there's a few that are great because they're so bad. Well, I seem to right. be noticing a trend. There's musicals and cannibalism. Oh, I, yeah. I, I guess, are they uh, are they trying to like lighten the load on the subject matter? Is there were no maybe? songs in Silence of the Lambs. Oh. <laughs> that just, that's true. I guess that's true. <laughs> oh, no, no, there's that bit nice where at the right near the very end where he's dancing, he does the tuck and dance, oh. and he's singing <laughs> along to that song. Although there is the uh, Silence of the Lambs musical <laughs> have you guys heard of this no yeah, I've heard it of puts it, yeah. the fucking lotion in the basket <laughs> you haven't heard that no <laughs> we should link to that we we'll definitely link to, to that oh yeah. man fantastic well I guess we can go We can, but, uh, these are all like modern era movies how about classics like Soylent Green oh, oh yeah Spoiler I watched alert. I watched yeah who doesn't know actually Deanna didn't know <laughs> here's the thing about Soylent Green right it's one of those ones you see when you're like 10 years old and you think it's a great sci-fi movie and yeah. you know you're kind of like horrified by it, and then you catch it like a couple years ago. Yeah. Coming back you, to uh, you, you see it, you see it on uh, on Bravo or something. You're like, oh, Sonic Green, that was an okay movie. It does not stand up. It doesn't hold up There's over time, in my personal opinion. Well, yeah. I actually had never seen it until I watched it this year, or oh, last wow. year, last year maybe last year. But I was surprised well, to see Edward G. Robinson. Well, how about okay? Actually, well, this nah. is you. You'd never seen it before. First impressions um, as an adult. There was a lot of sexism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of bad acting. Yeah. There's a lot of boring bits. But there's some interesting stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you know about the ending before you saw it? Yeah, like, I did. Oh, okay. So you know, you but it wasn't quite the way uh, I thought it was going to be. Like it, it was kind of anticlimactic the way that. Yeah, of course. Because he's, he's in a church and he just kind of whispers it. Again, as a child, you felt it was. It had great impact. I thought. Yeah, and yeah. As yeah. an adult, just yeah, it doesn't stand up. 
just did not stand up yep. over time. Uh, you know what? I know another very good uh, recent movie is The Road. Have you guys seen it? I the haven't. Road? I'm waiting for the DVD to come. Well, out. there's cannibalism there. I'll, that's okay. all I'll say. Oh yeah, I give it's that a post-apocalyptic society where they're short of food. This seems to be uh, yeah, again, another running theme. Uh, also, fairly recent was uh, and another based on Alfred Packer movie is uh, Ravenous with Guy Pearce and Robert Carlyle and Jeffrey Jones. Don't you know anything have, about it. Um, you have some kind of Alfred Packer obsession or something. You know, everything is Packer related. You've got Alfred you. Packer philia. I, oh my god! Are you, are you a Packerist? I'm a <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> no snappy I've, comeback I've on that no one because it's true. <laughs> Uh, so Ravenous, it's actually kind of a dark comedy thriller. It's it's really weird because what it does is it, it it's only loosely based on the Alfred Packer thing. They've kind of admitted that. But then they just totally go off on their own. And they make it so that this guy, he had tuberculosis and uh, was dying and in the woods and gets found by this uh, this uh, native scout. And the scout tells him about the Wendigo myth, that the Wendigo would eat people and it would oh, heal them yeah. and make them super strong. Yeah, yeah. And so he kills and eats this native guy. <laughs> to try and heal himself. And his tuberculosis gets healed and he becomes like super healthy and strong. And then he starts like attacking, killing other people to become stronger. And then oh, that's he gets, interesting. He gets put in charge of a of an outpost, and there's all this stuff and fighting going on between different guys. And then it's cannibal versus cannibal in an almost super heroic. Right, it's end. like weird cannibal very, superheroes. Very, it is, and and they're, the source of their power is eating other people. And it, it's a movie that really understands how ridiculous this whole setup is. Right, and so plays that without becoming an over the top comedy. Um, so it still has the trying to be of, serious. It still is kind of being serious, but knows that it can't be totally serious. Right. It really walks that fine line, and it's totally watchable. Well, yeah. I'm a big Robert Carlyle fan. I mean, you can't go... And he's the one who starts eating people, right? He's one of them. There, yeah. Several people get this whole thing. So, uh, Robert Carlyle, Cannibal. Has anybody actually seen the movie, like, largely considered one of the uh, sort of started it all in the cannibal movie genre as Cannibal Holocaust? I was planning on seeing it in anticipation of this podcast, but uh, when I mentioned that on Facebook, everyone told me about the you know the actual on-screen animal deaths and all that kind of stuff. I figured I'd pass. So you're okay with people being butchered and eaten, but if animals <laughs> die in the screen, I don't know oh, if I, I don't know if I'd watch either. To be oh, <laughs> to be honest, oh, but look at the little animal. Uh, so, well, I figured it was not that great of a movie. But as far as yeah, but as far as like uh, being, it's, I, it's I guess what I'm saying is I feel I got enough feedback from the Facebook comments. But I didn't need to actually see the movie. Okay, all right, that's fair. I feel bad about doing this podcast not having seen a movie, which is largely credited for right. being like the granddaddy of cannibal movies. So none of us have seen it. I haven't seen it. I have not seen it. All right, Facebook commenters, explain. Info at causticsodapodcast.com. Please write us, at, give us reviews, tell us why we should or why we shouldn't see it. Pass along the Cannibal Holocaust magic. Now, we didn't actually talk about uh, the Brazilian, Brazilian soccer team in the mountains cannibalism in the history section, but we've certainly all seen Alive. The movie based on the book, based on the real-life events. The only thing I remember that, about that movie, actually, it's been so long, is uh, when the plane was exploding or whatever happened in the air and the two people got sucked out the back while they were still <laughs> sitting down in their chairs. Yeah. That was the scariest part. Cannibalism, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> As long as there are no animals in the plane. Explosive <laughs> decompression. Torin gets all nervous. Freezing in the mountains and forced to eat your compatriots. I can't relate to that. Yeah, you can, you can shrug that off. Good movie or bad movie? Good movie. I give it a double thumbs up. Uh, it's one of those movies that you sit there and if you didn't see it on the big screen, you could imagine it being a TV movie. Right. Right? Like, uh, there was nothing extraordinary about it. Sure. 
Uh, the only reason it was a movie is because it was movie stars were in it. Right. right. Ethan Hawke is in it, so it's a feature film. If you know some total nobody was the star in it, it would be a ABC TV gotcha. special. I haven't seen it. Uh, no. It's not like you know the the gore isn't like over the top. I mean, all the bodies are are frozen solid. Right. And so they're like cutting them up and thawing them out one tiny piece at a time. Right. So it, it definitely gore factor is really low. It's more like a human it's a, journey. It's like a family friendly cannibalism music movie. Family not friendly, like, not like cannibal, cannibal movie. Whole Holocaust. Not like, unlike cannibal. The two ends of the spectrum, right? There. Yes, absolutely. The exploitation slasher fest versus uh yeah I, I think i think it's actually a disney movie i think it was actually produced by disney and that's why mickey mouse is in it <laughs> mickey mouse was eating in it that's right that's not cannibalism that, that's on the dvd extras folks that that's on the be, outtakes that would only be cannibalism if you were also a cartoon mouse <laughs> cartoon cannibalism next time on caustic soda the podcast <laughs> I'll show you how a professional does it. <laughs>